Hey everyone, Dylan here from Emerald City Hockey, and this is a special preview clip from our Patreon-exclusive Red Glare podcast. If you're interested in hearing the full episode or discovering new episodes each week, head over to patreon.com slash emeraldcityhockey to sign up or start your free seven-day trial. But the one thing I can say about the draft, RJ, as we transition away from that to the skills competition, it was only an hour. <laughs> because mm -hmm. <laughs> the next thing wasn't it was a lot longer it was three times that long and that is the all-star skills competition rj it was the first year with the new format 12 of the most skilled players going at it competing in multiple events to to crown the most skilled player that was something i was really excited about rj was that idea i love that idea i've been defending that idea because there's a lot of people who upset that not all the players get to participate you have about 20 teams without a representative there all of that stuff even more than that and and i was really defending that look this is a really good idea for the nhl because you have the most skilled guys out there showcasing the skills that is something and and it's a really easy to understand concept for sports fans who aren't nhl fans right if you're an nfl fan an nba fan whatever and you happen to flip on espn you understand what's going on oh these are the 12 most skilled guys they're going to run through a gauntlet of all the skill competitions and then the winner gets determined at the end you don't even need the whole million dollar gimmick, which I'll get into later. But you you understand that as a sports fan a lot easier than there's all these like weird things and they're put onto these arbitrary four teams that aren't even division based anymore. So that that doesn't make it easy for someone who's not used to hockey to understand. You don't know what a team McKinnon is, right? <laughs> like you you, <laughs> yeah. you you could at least understand the Pacific Division, right? And then you have a bunch of guys in competitions that they don't really belong in, but they had nowhere else to go or they were just like the the last pick so they just got shoehorned in the hardest shot even though they can't shoot harder than 92 miles an hour right like it makes sense right that to to, to narrow it down to the guys that you know are actually going to produce and perform get to kucherov later <laughs> so god i hate yeah. there's so many qualifiers to this whole thing but the idea was solid it was it was something that you could pitch to other sports fans you could pitch it to a non-sporting fan and they would understand the concept and be able to follow the broadcast at least if the broadcast was good <laughs> so i i, yeah. def I still defend the, the thing and there were good moments from it rj the skills competition i really thought i thought the last two events were really solid i i really did i thought that was really good you know skills hockey stuff to watch i don't know about you yeah, I agree. I, the last two, the, really the last event too. I mean, having that kind of like the breakaway challenge or I mean the, the breakaway challenge and then, and then the, the relay. Um, the, yeah, the relay thing. I mean, th those were great. I mean, I've always been a fan of the relay race yeah. and everything, but having that kind of come down as the ultimate one, I like the way the point system was yep. so that everybody, everybody had a chance to lose yep. and fall out of the top. Everybody had a chance technically to win it. Um, and then, you know, going to the point leader at the end with McDavid and just knowing he has to have that certain time. My eyes were glued to the screen for that. Yep. Like I could not look away. That was really exciting. Um, and so I think they finished strong with those two. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do like the format. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Go for it. Well, I, say, I, I do like the format better because especially as I'm thinking like with the different teams that you that you brought up and also you're right. Players were kind of shoehorned into events that they maybe like shouldn't have been or whatever. And then everybody here 
well, almost everybody. Anyway, over here, just 11 go, ahead, of, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, 11 of the 12 guys really did give it their all. But that was the issue with the previous version of the skills competition was you had guys competing in events that they didn't really belong in. The hardest shot competition has been miserable since Chara and Shea Weber left. Right. Yep. Because you'll have one or two guys capable of getting to 100. Some years you have nobody capable of getting to 100. And you always have like one guy in there who really embarrasses themselves by getting like 92. Right. Because they just had nowhere else to go. And you needed all, you know, a member from each team to participate in something. Right. I get it. It makes that fan base you know, excited, they get to watch their guy. But I'm telling you, if Bjorkstrand was put into one of those, Kraken fans would not have wanted to watch him just be the worst guy at the hardest shot, right? Like, I, I don't I, I don't think that that would have been good for everybody. I don't know that it would have, it would have moved the needle as far as how many Kraken fans overall were going to watch versus not going to watch compared to what we saw yesterday. And so I, I think that, that I'm, again, I, it's good that you went away from that. The two final events were fantastic. The relay is great because it has so many different things that can become the equalizer. You're not a good stick handler. Guess what? The mini, the little gates totally trip you up. You're going to lose the puck, something like that. It kills your time and takes you out of it. Not a good saucer passer. The mini nets, they killed Barzal, oh, RJ. Destroy you. They destroy people. Like that is that is so exciting and fun. And it's and it's again, it's instantly understandable. If you are a sports fan, even if you're not a sports fan, you can understand them having to pass these pucks into a mini net just by looking at it, right? You instantly understand what's going on. And so you have that. And then the, the event before that being the whole like, you know, having to shoot in close against goaltenders with pace. The energy of that event was so fantastic because this player is going all out for a minute. Like that was just so much fun to watch. It, ha it brought so much more life into the event. Those two things were absolutely fantastic. Here's the problem overall that they should have done. They should have, knowing you have certain aspects of things in the relay at the end, this broadcast should have been two hours instead of three. It was way too long. I was literally starting to fall asleep during hour two. Get rid of the one-timer. It was... Hard, yeah, was so it was boring. hard to understand. You couldn't tell where the pucks were really going in. The little flaps were moving. Even if the puck just went over the net, you thought they got four, but they actually didn't even hit the net. It was really bad. Get rid of the one-timer. It's also not understandable if you're just tuning in. You flip, you change channels to it. You have no idea what's going on there. So get rid of the one-timer. It was stupid boring. And then get rid of the um, the, the stick handling part of the other thing right remove those two events because you have two stick handling parts to the relay right you already have that built in twice over to the relay why do you need it to be its own event everybody's going to end up doing it at the relay anyway so you get rid of those two things you condense the broadcast down to two hours you remove all the terrible music acts because that'll also help get rid of that time and if you're doing music acts rj why did you pick the like low the most low energy performers you could possibly find that's what i don't understand like what like none about that hyped up the crowd it didn't get me going at home i can't imagine it was great for the players just sitting there and people are just kind of doing whatever like they were just so low energy it was it was terrible
I'm glad you can speak to it because honestly, after a minute, I just turned it off and I just was kind of waiting for it to be over and get to the next event. And I just went back and checked in later. Yeah. And then you had like, you know, a, a country group kind of going first when the players were coming out. Right. And I know country's big in Canada. It's, it's big everywhere, all that kind of stuff. And I understand how country music works, too. Right. You tell a little story. That's the appeal of it. You talk about relatable things. I understand this stuff. My my uncle was in a, a fairly successful country rock band. Um Here's here's what you don't want, RJ. When the twelfth player comes out and the singer goes back to start singing because he he wasn't singing while they were introducing the players, they were, the band was just playing music. You don't want the very next verse to be about losing your job, right, and having to struggle to pay bills as you're introducing these guys who are going to be these millionaires who are competing to win another million dollars. It's probably yeah, and one not of them a doesn't even look. care enough to try for the yeah, other extra yeah. million dollars. So you probably don't want a band that's going to start singing about those things right away as you're introducing these guys. It's not a great like look to have that be the audio coming through the TV as you're as you're doing the pan down the line of all 12 guys. So the music stuff needs to change and it needs to go. The, the two concerts in the middle need to go. You can have one act at the beginning while they come out. That's it. Um, then you get it down to a two-hour event. That would be the perfect length for something like this. Um, again, communication was terrible. Those players coming out, could they have looked less excited, RJ? It's like they told no. them, look, we want you to like treat this seriously, be serious. Pasta. I guarantee you, I can't tell you how many people I know that were rooting for David Pasternak just because he came out, he smiled, and he kissed the crest on his jersey. Right? Because that's like you can understand that. One, he showed personality when nobody else showed personality. And two, what a great look, right? You show your organization some love, the history of that jersey some love, an original six franchise. Like it like, why did they tell them to just lose all of the don't smile, don't do anything, go out there and look as serious as possible? Connor McDavid will never look serious, okay? He just doesn't. <laughs> he, he looks sad. Do you sad. think they told him that? His serious, I, I do. I think, I think they, they went, because they were smiling beforehand, RJ, and they were smiling mm -hmm. after. Why didn't they smile during that? I think they, I think they created, if they didn't explicitly tell them, they created an atmosphere that told them. I mean, is that this just is, the work part this of is it? Like, this is like serious stuff, right? Like, we want you guys to tra treat this seriously. Think like, you know, an NBA thing or an NFL thing, right? It's always like, you know, you grimace and you look tough and whatever, and you go out there and you try to look strong. No, don't do that for this. And you know what? The NBA doesn't do that for their skills competition either. The NFL doesn't do that for their skills competition. It's a skills competition. The whole point is to be entertaining and fun. Like, I don't yeah, and, and there's a difference between looking serious and taking it seriously. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, you want to get to Kucherov already? We'll get to Kucherov. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you, you might the message might have been like take this seriously and yes. they took it to and mean like look serious looked, that's yes, all i'm be saying serious yeah no that's a good point i think that is probably what happened and then yes so there's that aspect of it there was broadcast issues galore right i mean from the very beginning it sounded like they were in a wind tunnel the mic was like not fully connected or something and it was just awful from pk suban going into the locker room Right. That whole thing was terrible. And I, I just I loved the fact that he was saying it into this clearly broken mic. ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, because I was just like, yeah, there you go. That's it. That sums up this event already. And it hasn't even really started. <laughs> and then they come out and the broadcast was still terrible. The mics were all awful. They were bad. The presenters didn't really seem to understand that they needed to, you know, you ask a question into the microphone, and then you need to hold the microphone up to the player to hear their response. And then if you ask a follow-up question, you have to bring the microphone back to you so we can hear that. 
right? Like this is basic stuff and they were screwing that up all night. I also thought for, for a broadcasting team, I've made it known before. I'm not a big Bouchergrass fan. Mark Messier was the worst person you could have picked to do that. He was low energy. He doesn't bring a lot to the table. He just goes, wow, look at how good these players are like a thousand times. And that was really all we heard from Mess the whole night. Yeah, I mean, they, they really didn't bring anything to you have other options there, too. I don't you know why you so went many there. options. What you want for something like this? Again, it's a skills competition, right? What you want is two people watching it who are going to get excited as exciting things happen. Right. You want basically like when we do a live game commentary, right, you want people who are going to go with the ebb and flow of it and match the viewers experience at home. And and for this, that was definitely not that because you had Bouchergrass throwing things over to Messier and Messier just being like like to like describe how to do a skill or something like that. And Messier like clearly wasn't ready for it. And he'd just be like, yeah, I mean, you know, he's just look at look at his edge work. I mean, it's just so good. Yeah. Okay. What does that to, there mean? was another example too, where he was talking about, yeah, uh, like a part of a skill or something. And I'm just like, no one's going to like know or care what you're talking about. Right. Like it was too, it was too specific at times. And then they wouldn't, the broadcast again, cause there was like no communication with the producers. So they wouldn't ever have the right video clip to match it. Uh, like th so that didn't work either like if Messi's is going to describe something and talk about edge work then you better actually show me the edge work on tv so i can see where it is that he's talking about but they they weren't ever able to really get that hooked up the the clocks always being off rj was a disaster mm -hmm. that was an issue like there were so many yeah. broadcasting issues and again it was just one of those things where it's like how how if you're espn how do you get that that wrong like there's just yeah no i mean this is what it. this is what you do this is i mean you're supposed to be the worldwide leader in sports like it's not like you you're just taking on an event like this for the first time yeah i mean the clock's not stopping from the start that i mean you yeah. know, that really set the tone for things because also i mean I, my dad was texting me as he was watching this mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, you know he watches a fair amount of hockey but he's not like super dialed into this stuff he's kind of you know kind of like the everyman watching it and he first thing he pointed out he said like the first event speed contest the clock didn't stop like why right. you know the nhl looks kind of ridiculous doing this yeah and also he did add no player i'll read it no player seems to be happy to be there or to be doing this it's so yes. obvious right which for an event that was decided on by the players and all we heard leading up to it from all of the players was i'm so happy it's this now yeah and then and for even them afterward like and afterwards Wyshynski they all said loved the players it. loved it right Show us that. Show the love. Like, why can't we get to see that as the fans that make all of this possible? Why don't we get to see that? It's the one thing we want to see from this whole event. So, yeah, the, the broadcasting issues were, were all awful. That I, I wonder if the TSN broadcast was also bad and had those same issues. Because that's the other thing that I thought of. I bet you, I, I sat there and I thought, I bet the TSN broadcast is working just fine. And so all the people in Canada that would normally have the power to really put pressure to improve these things aren't seeing how bad this ESPN broadcast is because they're mm. either there in person, right? The Greg Wyshynski's and stuff, they're there in person or they're watching in Canada, in Toronto, and they're getting a different feed. And I bet that feed worked a lot better than the feed we got, in which case they don't even know that it was as bad and as much of a mess broadcast wise as we all had to deal with. And I, I think that's a shame, too, because there's just not enough of the like U.S. based voices that can put pressure on the league. And the few that there are, we're all there in person and thus not watching the broadcast. Right. That's a that's a good point. Because like, uh, yeah, 
because the league should have to address this. ESPN should have to address the fact that the two events and the all-star game, I think, is actually started as we're recording this. We're not bothering to watch it because why would we? Um, yeah. But like the league and ESPN should have to address the fact that these were so like the broadcasts were unwatchable at times. Right, you have multiple mic feeds going at once. I mean, have you heard you any so of this? Like, I mean, no. Obviously, the social media reaction has been negative from fans and whatnot. Right, they saw the same thing we but did. I haven't heard. But like, are you seeing this from anybody high up in the media or in the business or no. anybody? No, I'm no. not. I know that's a problem. Like, that needs to be discussed so that it doesn't happen again. They need to know that, right? Like, I'm I I come from film school. I am not big on people within the industry being demoted or losing jobs. But I am telling you, whoever was in charge of production for this, this weekend, should never be allowed to do it again, right? Like, that's it. Like, they, they messed it up massively with audio issues, timing issues, graphic issues, cutting away to commercial while things are happening, not showing us the start of Pedersen's one-timer drill. We didn't even get to see that just because they just didn't click over to the right camera. I don't understand any of it. It, it was just such such a mess. Ugh. All right. And then, RJ. Certainly, yeah, now we get to it. Yes. Now we get to, to Nikita Kucherov. If a player doesn't want to be there, RJ, why do they still feel the need to make them be there? Because that's obviously what this was, right? I get it. They, the idea was that you have the million dollars as an incentive that's going to get these guys to try. That was the idea behind it. No, it, it doesn't work, right? Nikita Kucherov makes $9.5 million a year. Obviously, a million dollars isn't enough to get him to try at this event that he didn't want to be at. So one, if a player says, look, I'm honored, I really don't want to do this, don't make them do it because it just it just is more embarrassing for your league and, and for the players who are there actually trying. It was a disaster having him do that. And two, here's an idea because a lot of people, you know, obviously the reception also wasn't anybody excited about the idea of these guys winning more money. Right. They're already making a ton of money. It's a yeah. hard sell to be like, hey, aren't you excited? Connor McDavid's going to make more money. It's like, no, the only people who should have been excited was like the province of Ontario, the city of Toronto and the country of Canada, because they're getting 56 percent of that million dollars. Like that, that's the only people who should be excited about this money being given out. Right. So here's the thing. How do you make it something that players want to compete for? Because you do need that. You need there to be the incentive for them to try hard. You 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 borrow from the MLB All-Star Game, or at least the MLB All-Star Game of old, RJ. How about this? Winner of the skills competition, his conference gets home ice for the Stanley Cup Finals. No, I, I'm sorry, Dylan. I I can't I can't get behind that because you know what? Yeah, they they would care. Yeah, but it would just basically would just drag down the Cup Final. It's a stupid thing right. to decide. I mean, I, I again, it's I sport, one game. I it's one game difference in the Stanley Cup Final that very rarely goes seven games. I still think again, it's the regular season means little enough already in the NHL. I think you want to at least give that some weight for home ice, having like actual hockey determine it. Basically, because I don't think here's here's where I was going with this entire thing as we were gonna get to Kucherov. Because I agree with you, you know, it's a joke, it looks bad, it takes away from the whole event. It just it looks bad in so many different ways. But I think the all-star game, and certainly after watching it yet another year, is not worth saving. And it's certainly not well, worth that is sacrificing any element yeah. of the Stanley Cup final for. That's my conclusion. I think there's not going to be an NHL All-Star game next year. Thank goodness. At this point, I do not see a reason to bring it back. It is no. not an event worth saving. 
the the players seem to hate it and the the league has gone through hoops to try and get them to hate it less and you know what they're not cooperating like some of the players are they're trying good on them but at the end of the day nobody wants to be there nobody wants to do this and you can go through whatever trouble you want to to try and get them to like it or get some personality out of it it's just not gonna work i've seen enough i don't need any more nhl all-star games and I feel bad because like it's like, something I was looking for. Like as a kid, I always enjoyed yeah. it. And I know that's really what it's there for. It's there for the hometown fans and the kids. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Do, are, are, are kids enjoying watching this? No. Are they enjoying watching Kucherov not even try? No. I, well, again, I wouldn't let Kucherov's, you know, his specific Antics, issue yeah. ruin the rest of it. Because like I said, there were still other elements of this that made it in my opinion, like the best skills competition that we've had, or at least we've had in a long time. I think the the all-star game should go away. Like that's still stupid. Yeah. Right. If you made it just a one day event of just the skills competition and only 12 guys have to go, I think that works, right? Like you could get away with just doing something like that. And, and then, like I said, if a guy really truly doesn't want to be there, you just don't make him. Um, see, but it's not just Kucherov. That's I mean, that's what would ruin the whole kind of illusion thing of it for me as a kid is just the fact that nobody looked like they wanted to be there. Well, and yes, I mean, maybe that's, that's giving them better too. direction of like, come on, have a fun time, guys. Don't, you know, be so serious about it. Yeah. But like that would ruin it for me. Well, and I yeah. remember watching All-Star Games as a kid. The guys were having a good like it, right. it didn't seem like they didn't want to be there. Right. And that's because it wasn't as produced. Right. The fact that the, right. that the players are out there sitting there and in every two players, there was a production person sitting there with a mic and they're trying to tell them what to do and all of this stuff. That's what makes it not fun. That's why they, they feel like they're at work and they're not showing personality. Right. Like it was just overproduced. And then on top of it, it was poorly produced. But that's that's how you avoid that. The old all star games, RJ, those were like the least produced things ever. It was just like, all right, now it's time for this drill. But all the players are just sitting out there on the ice. There's nobody around really talking to them. There's not media people. Right. Like that's why then they had personalities because it's just them sitting with each other. Yeah. Right, and, and you watch video clips, especially happen. from like the '90s. If you go back far enough, too, oh, yeah. I mean, one, the hair is fantastic, but like they're doing these events, and the players are just hanging out. And you know what? They're actually impressed when the other guys like do something yes. really cool. Guy goes four for four in the accuracy shooting. The guys are like, "Whoa, you could do that!" Like that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Right? Yeah, there was none of that because they just didn't let them have it. Right? They 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 stuffed a bunch of TV people down there and around them. And again, they clearly did not tell them any of the drills ahead of time either. Like, that's the other thing. How do they how do you do this without doing that? Or if you're going to have to describe the drill to us at home and describe it to them on the ice while they're lining up to do the drill. Right. Like they had to yesterday instead of having the diagrams have have other players who really know what the drill is already give us a demonstration it gives the players on the ice a demonstration in person that they can watch it gives us the demonstration that isn't the terrible espn bubble hockey graphics that i hate so much and it's a win-win right there you go like it saves time like i don't know that seems like super easy to me you could involve the pwhl players i was gonna say have a pwhl right like you can do all of that stuff that that all seems so much easier too but yeah no overall I was gonna I was gonna be the big final for me was yes should they even bother Sorry, doing this to it <laughs> no should they even bother doing this at all and it's kind of like no probably not because here's the thing RJ every time you do this it makes the NHL look worse this actively made the NHL look worse 
if you were a non-hockey fan and you tuned in to either the draft or the skills competition and all you saw was all the production issues, the bad mics, the poor audio levels, all of that stuff, you'd just stop. You'd just go, oh, yeah, that's why I don't watch this joke of a leak. Right, because that's that's the idea around like, you know, for, for non-hockey fans, right? The NHL's kind of referred to as a right. joke, right? Right. And, and, and this just kind of confirmed that. Yep. And it's sad because this stuff is now the template for all of the other all-star games for all of the other leagues. They all took it from the NHL. The NHL was the first one with these kind of skills competitions to do a draft, right? And now you see all of the other leagues doing it. And the NHL is like the one that that fall, that fell so far behind and just needs to get rid of it. <laughs>